there's a new movie coming out this week that got us thinking about documentary horror. You might think that that's kind of a boring, uh, worn-out approach, but we have five movies that we hope will change your mind. Yeah, so welcome to this week's Fright Club podcast. I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf, and we're from MadWolf.com. And the one, the new one out this week, is getting wide release this week, that we're talking about is called What We Do in the Shadows. And it's a, I guess the word is mockumentary. Yes, Christopher the, Guest style. In the, in the spirit of uh, the great... This is Spinal Tap. Exactly. I don't. I don't know if it started the genre, but it certainly perfected it. But this one takes it in a uh, in a vampire direction. When you get three vampires in a flat, obviously there's going to be a lot of tension. Nick, why don't you use the front door? You want to draw attention to this house? Hmm? You've got a whole documentary crew following you around. You let a vampire hunter into our I don't house. Wait a minute! I just got my email. Oh, Kill you! I'm already dead. That's called What We Do in the Shadows. And it was released uh, small, uh, you know, in, in increments uh, in the last couple of weeks. It goes wide this weekend. And it's always exciting to talk about a new, brand new movie that we just are in love with. So uh, we're a couple of weeks away from a big undead ball in Wellington, New Zealand, and a, a documentary film crew has decided to follow four flatmates, all of them vampires, as they prepare for the big show. And um, it's just funny. It's kind of adorable. And uh, the main guy, the guy who we have loved forever, uh, Jermaine Clement. Oh, what time is it? Yes, That's what you're trying to say. You're trying to say, let's get down to business. It's business time. It's business. It's business time. It's business time, Jermaine, <laughs> along with uh, Brett McKenzie. I hope you recognize that. Flight of the Concords, one of their greatest hits, Business Time. If you don't know Flight of the Concords, check them out because that song, I, we should play the whole thing. We'll take up too much time. It's hilarious. And they've got other great hits too. So, anyway, but you've seen Jermaine. He's, he's had a. A bunch of credits here lately, and Brett, Brett McKenzie has has had some stuff as he well. He won an Oscar, actually. He, did he win wrote an Oscar. The, all the songs for the Muppet, when the, the Muppet remake, yeah. and uh, and won an Oscar for it. But this is Jermaine, duh. who is always funny. He's got—I don't want to say he's funny looking, but there's something about his look yeah. that is just funny uh, <laughs> in the faces that he makes, and and he's it's he's so droll yeah. and so deadpan that he's always just hilarious. So I can I can see this would be a, this is a perfect. Part for him because you can tell. I mean, if if you're familiar with what he looks like, he's a big guy, very dark complex. He's got this booming voice, big teeth, and and so it's he's really perfect for a vampire. And he plays the old Vlad the Impaler style vampire. And uh, one of his other flatmates is uh, referred to as he was a 19th century dandy. And then there's a Peter in the basement who's who's meticulously styled on the old Nosferatu, which was just awesome. And he's eight thousand years old, and he does whatever he wants to. And they have regular flatmate problems like. You know, who's not doing the dishes and who's who's not putting down towels before they, you, you know, spill blood all over their antique fainting couch and things like that. And then, you know, it's it's just droll is a great word for it. It's silly, very lighthearted, but but really funny send up of that sort of day in, day out documentary style filmmaking. You know, it's very much like a spinal tap. I mean, it's it's that exact same type of thing. And what else? Another thing that it does, which is encouraging in the last few years here, we've actually seen some very inventive and welcome takes on the vampire genre. Right. Because let's admit, I mean, it got old and tired. And I know everybody bashes on uh, Twilight, and we do too, <laughs> because we hate them. 
but it, it you know it got to the point where you have a vampire again yeah because nobody could do anything fresh and inventive and then all of a sudden they are you have something like um only lovers left alive you have something like a girl walks home alone at night and even this it takes it in a comedy direction yeah yeah there are still things you can do with this genre that are fresh and fun and and welcome and this is definitely that. This is very fresh. And it's so funny, you know, and the, they'll have them walking around Wellington. Who knew Wellington, New Zealand had quite so much a uh, large of an undead population? <laughs> but one of the best parts is they, they, they'll walk past a group of werewolves. And the werewolves all act like they're sort of in a 12-step program, like they're trying to behave and behave well. And, of course, the, the vampires can't help but throw snotty comments at them and then... <laughs> my favorite line is, yeah, we're werewolves, not swearwolves. Right. They're oh admonishing each other for their language. Uh, yeah. Remember, we're werewolves, not swearwolves. So and it's, uh, the, the main werewolf is Rice Darby, who's also from Flight of the Concourse, played their um, agent yeah. uh, just hilariously. And he's great in this, too. Yeah. And that was out, as we said, wide release this weekend. So uh, check it out if you can, what we do in the shadows. If you like that type of humor. And let's be honest, not everybody thinks... The same things are funny. Right. And if you don't think Flight of the Concords or any that type of humor is funny, all right, then you probably won't like it. But if you do, then you'll definitely uh, get, get plenty of laughs. And the, it's funny, if you do like it, I want to recommend another film, actually from 2010, that is a mock documentary about vampires. And it's blandly enough titled Vampires. Three years ago, a documentary film crew went into the underworld of Europe's secret vampire society. There were several unsuccessful attempts. Until they met the St. Germains. So where what we do in the shadows is is great and funny. It's certainly more of a comedy than a horror film. And the thing about vampires is that, you know, right from the opening credits, it's a little darker. It's a little meaner. A Belgian film documentary crew has reached out to document the undead population there in Belgium. And so you follow the first film crew as the vampire opens the door, invites the one camera guy in, closes the door, and then you see blood spatter on the window. And then they say, <laughs> we, we lost the first two film crews. And then, you know, in credits that, you know, on the screen, it says, this film is dedicated to the third, the memory of, and then they name the people of the last film crew. It's very funny. It's much more of a horror movie. It's not full on. I mean, it's a comedy above all, but it's, it's a lot more. There's horror blood. Movie. There's blood. Yeah. There's, yeah, it's, it's more dangerous, but it's so funny. So they finally go and stay with uh, a family, George, actually, hey. is the patriarch, and uh, and then his wife, Bertha. And, and George is very low-key, very whatever, passive. He's funny. He's very funny. His wife, Bertha, clearly insane. She's just nuts, it, which is, a, it, I mean, she's an interesting character. And then they have two teenage children um, uh, and the one, you know, a rebellious teen, only if you're a rebellious vampire teen, instead of wanting to be a goth kid, she wants to be a human. So she's blonde and she wears pink and the mom thinks she's hideous and she drives them all crazy. That's a take on the old, that was, remember the monsters? Oh yeah, absolutely. And they had the one regular daughter. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> made me uh, think about that. Yeah. Oh, she's so ugly. Anyway, go ahead. And then they have, uh, in the in the kitchen, they have uh, the woman who lives in their house that they refer to as Meat. That's her name. She's Meat, and she just stays in their kitchen. It's very dark. There's also the coop out back. And so once a week, uh, the police drop off any undesirables, usually um, illegal immigrants, just drop them off at their house, and they keep them in a coop out back. I mean, it's it's dark, but it's it's still very, very Don't funny. Don't give Fox News any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Don't watch this. 
And watch this go, hey, they've got it all figured out. <laughs> no, and then but, the, 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 you know, the conflict of the film is if you get in enough trouble, if you break enough rules in this vampire society, they exile you to Canada. And it's just, <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, if, if you enjoy Flight of the Concords, it's, and it's a little bit hard to find, actually, but it's really worth watching. It's, it's especially if you're a horror fan and you want something that's just a little bloodier than. I was going to say, this is, uh, you know, Flight of the Concords has that type of humor. Silly. This is more. Yeah, dark. It's darker. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely darker. Um, but it's very funny. It's a comedy as well. And it's it's silly and goofy, but it's there's a lot edgier. Yeah, um, for, for a movie that only came out five years ago, this one really slipped through the cracks. Yeah, it's it's no one saw it. I don't know why that is. <laughs> no one saw it. Well, it's a Belgian horror film, so those aren't hugely popular nationally, except with the two of us. <laughs> um, actually, I could name about six Belgian horror movies that I love, including, of course, Calvaire, my favorite Belgian Ooh, horror yeah. movie. But still, yeah. this is really, really worth checking out. It's really, and it is, honestly, part, probably partly because of the incredibly bland title. It can be hard to find. So, well, and then there's that other, uh, I don't know when it came out, but there's a John Carpenter movie called Vampires, Vampires yeah. which is not very good, no. but it got certainly a lot more attention than this one. Right, and then in the same year that this movie came out, 2010, the movie called Vampires Sucks came out. So even if you try to Google it, it's a little bit hard to find, but stick it out, look for it. Uh, right, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because that's a good point. This type of thing has been done many times with these scary movies, Scary Movie 2, and that, and they're awful right and they're not funny no. at all no. but for some reason they keep making enough money to make the next one right and they are attempting in a way to do this sort of thing yeah but it's just not they're just not funny and again i said a little while ago if you don't people find different things funny i don't find them funny at all no. uh or inventive or anything they're just shooting fish in a barrel the lowest common denominator and, and they're not funny but these couple of movies that we're talking about show you that you can take that idea and make it work but also, I mean, we don't we're not going to focus strictly on on comic films today, because also in 2010 was another really good horror style or documentary style horror film called The Last Exorcism. If you can't save my daughter's soul, I will. Go, go. You should be compelled to leave this girl. Yeah, and I remember when this one came out, for some reason I remember not having great expectations about it. No, it's, it's a very low-budget movie, and just one of those, you know, and, and there were several films, you know, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, right. American Haunting. There are a lot of, you know, it was part of kind of a boom of, you know, low-budget exorcism-style films, but... This one was effective. It was. Um, let's not talk about the sequel, which was not effective at all. No. But this one, yeah, it really set the mood, and uh, it had a really effective uh, performance. The girl who was uh, Ashley Bell. Nell. A Nell was the character. The Nell. Char yeah. And her name is? Ashley Bell. Yeah, and she was good. She was. And she, the way she contorted and the way she, uh, she pulled it off, yeah, uh, I thought she was, she was really good. And it, it set up in a, a clever way because... It starts out by a guy who is looking to debunk these types of things, right? Right. His uh, it's uh, Cotton Marcus. I love how many. I love this. So many horror films use the name Cotton for some reason for their characters. Uh, well, anyway. let's not forget Dodgeball. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Cotton Marcus is a shyster minister, and so he's trying to prove how uh, across the South. 
families, Christians are being taken advantage of by other shyster ministers who come around and pr- pretend that they're going to do exorcisms. So he's going to hang up his shingle. This is going to be the last one he does. But he takes a documentary crew with him to prove that this happens all over the South. Which right there, that the one more. Right, OK, exactly. we'll give you that's a bit of a cliche. OK, <laughs> we're going to do one last score, one last heist and then hang it up. So, you know, things won't go well. So that's that's a cliche. But uh, you move past that. And it, it is it's set up well because. He gets there and it starts. It's it's a little bit reminiscent of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because the closer he gets to the house, you start getting these harbingers of, ooh, <laughs> look at these townsfolk, you know, and there's something not right here. And so slowly it's, it's I think it's pretty well done. You you get that sense of dread as he gets deeper and deeper into this the Louisiana Bayou. Exactly. Until they finally <laughs> hit the house where it's all happening. And, uh, and and then it sets it up well. And then, of course, for his last one, he finds out that this one is not so easily debunked. Yeah, because she really is possessed, of course. And he really is a shyster, so he can't do anything to help her. But like you said about Ashley Bell, one of the reasons I think that this movie transcends any of its sort of the, you know, cliches that you're going to come across is the uh, his name is Patrick Fabian is the actor who plays Cotton Marcus. And, you know, you'd probably recognize his face. He's a that guy. And he's mostly done television work. He's been tons and tons of TVs and commercial and whatever. And he really... He's all in, you know, and he does a great job with this character. And also one of the one of the townsfolk that try to get the the group out of there. You might recognize him because he's an X-Man now. Caleb Landry is his name, and he's the Banshee in X-Men. And he does a, he does a lot of horror movies, too. Byzantium and antivirals and a lot of horror movies, too. He's kind of weird looking. Um, and he's he's perfect in this as he is in a lot of, of horror movies. He just seems like hasn't had a lot of protein. He's a little sickly and he's a little creepy and he's, you know, and he's one of the ones that's like, you know, can you tell me where such and such an address is? And he says, well, you get in your truck, turn around, get the hell out of here and don't come back. Right, and so it's exactly. just one of those, like you're saying, yeah. one of those like, Oh, we're not wanted. This isn't going to go well. And also the guy, I don't know his name, the guy that plays uh, Nell's father. He's another, that guy he's, he's in a bunch of commercials He's in a, a national commercial going around right now that I, I forget what it's for. But Lewis Hartham is his name. Okay. You'll yeah. recognize his yeah, face, too. Yeah, absolutely. So. And he does a great job, too, because he he's... And, and it's an important... It's a very small role, but it's an important one because you just don't know if what is happening to Nell is because her family has done something awful to her or is she actually possessed. And and so the dad, you need to feel empathy toward him and also fear. And the, so the guy, it's a, it is a pretty small role, but he does a great job with it. He does. And you heard in the, in the clip where he says, if you can't fix this, I'm going to. Right. And it gets the shotgun because, as you said, this guy, uh, Cotton, is a shyster and he can't do anything about no. it. And they, they are trusting that he can. And uh, so it, Dad decides to take things into his into his own hands. But it's it's effective. Like we said, don't waste any time on the sequel. Uh. Not worth it. But this one definitely is. If you haven't uh, seen it, check it out. The Last Exorcism from 2010. And then there's another one, actually, if I could just go back to comedies for a minute. Um, there's a film that came out in 2007 that not a lot of people saw, but I absolutely loved. And it's called American Zombie. Zombie doesn't exclude me being human, right? It's a new population, and a population that deserves our respect and social services. John thought it was a joke. The zombies were a fucking joke, right? I did. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> one of the reasons that this one works so well is that 
um, Grace Lee directed it. And prior to doing this film, she'd only done actual documentaries. So a documentarian approached a mock documentary as, and she also plays herself in the film. She plays documentarian Grace Lee, who is tracking down the, the burgeoning undead population in Los Angeles and following them around. And she's paired with, so she's, an artistic, you know, lots of integrity by the books, interested in a documentary filmmaker, but she's been paired with more of like uh, out for the lurid, you know, details. You know, if they're if they're talking to some, you know, undead woman in her kitchen, then the other do- director is going to sneak behind her and whip open the refrigerator and see if he sees brains, you know, things <laughs> like that. And it's it's clever. It's low key. It's funny throughout. And it's I think probably because Grace Lee knows how to do a documentary. It's an incredibly well put together film that really looks like a documentary, but it's very, very funny. And one of the other reasons that it works so well is because it is so funny and disarming that by the time it turns into a full on creepy horror movie, you're just taken by surprise. You're like, oh, my God, look, this is happening now. (laughs) Um, You know, it's 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 just really, really enjoyable and really, really well put together. So I, I highly recommend you check out American Zombie. And, of course, we saved the biggest one for last from 1999, The Blair Witch Project. And I just want to apologize to Mike's mom and Josh's mom and my mom. I am so, so sorry because it is my fault because it was my project. I am so scared. Now, this one, of course, I'm sure you remember, became a phenomenon and since then has really become extremely polarizing. And I think for a couple of reasons, anything that becomes that popular, you're always going to have the the naysayers. Oh, it's not so much Um, because now you go on to any message board or anytime somebody brings up the Blair. Oh, dumbest movie I've ever seen. Okay, you know, I suppose if you don't find this type of thing scary, well, then I guess it would be. I did. I, I still think if, if you it's hard to, to watch it now in a vacuum without all the, the things that came with it. But I think it's incredibly effective. I thought so then still think so, because it's all about to me, the things that are the most scary are the things that your own imagination fills in mm-hmm. that you can't see. And that's where this this movie really excels. You know, to me, movies that have people getting hatchets to the face are not scary at all. Uh, so if that's what you want in a horror movie, Blair Witch didn't deliver it. But I thought it it, it was well done. Still is. Yeah, I think, um, you know, uh, when you when you watch it today, first of all, it's a, it's a much scarier film to watch in the theater than it is at home where you have distractions. I mean, you need to be sort of in the dark with nothing but this movie. You know what I mean? You can't be like, oh, I'm going to run down and throw in a load of laundry and then come back to it. It's It's not a film like that. Also, you know, when it came out, and a lot of people disregard it now, is like, oh, well, people only liked it then because they really thought it was basically a snuff film, which yeah. was the the really very smart and at the time very novel it was. Uh, marketing it was approach. Incredible yeah. when you if you think back to what happened. I mean, we had people. I remember my my cousins. Yeah, I had to talk them. I had to really convince them. No, this is not real. Yeah, they're not dead. These these people yeah. are still alive. So and, that, that and was ingenious for anybody listening. Yes, we are familiar with Cannibal Holocaust. We've we've seen Cannibal Holocaust, yeah. and and obviously the, this this took a lot of of plays from their playbook. But 
you know, I, I want to right now debunk the idea that Cannibal Holocaust was the first found footage film because it's actually an entire narrative film around the idea that they're trying to find the footage. And then, of course, at the end, they do find the footage. Right. And they also use that whole ploy that these people are dead. So there's a lot of similarities. But one of the differences is that that movie sucks. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's it's nothing compared to, to Blair, Blair Wish does it so much better. Yeah. No, um, I mean, you know, and, and a lot of people hate that movie because of course, as if you're familiar with it at all, they do, they kill several animals, actually yeah, kill them on yeah, screen. Nasty. Um, and then it's, I don't like it because I, this is going to sound weird, but I like cannibalism in my cannibal movies. And this is really <laughs> just a rape film. Just a, it is. It's a lot of rapes and a lot of animal yeah. death. And so nothing that we would recommend, but we do, even as we say that, uh, that Blair, Witch started this phenomenon. Yeah. It, it, it you know, they, they borrowed a lot of ideas from a much lesser film. And and if you remember, it's all based around footage from a documentary crew that went into the woods trying to uh, find out secrets about this uh, <laughs> Blair Witch uh, urban legend, I guess, in this area. And these three teenagers, of course, didn't believe it at all when they first go into the... They're, right. they're joking and laughing, and what are they going to find? And, of course, uh, things don't go well for any of them. And it's based, like you said, not a narrative making use of found footage is based entirely around found footage yeah it's your um, that's that the, the idea is that's all you're seeing you're yeah, just seeing you're their, seeing. their and, footage and um, of course it spawned lots of parodies and that's understandable because of the, the the way that this just took over the country yeah, and unfortunately it also it also started the entire found footage film oh, trend yeah. which is yeah. so tired so tired so tired and it also spawned a uh a, a less than stellar sequel yeah uh, that was so less than stellar it torpedoed plans for another one right i think so it's just just focus on this one i and, and but you know I, it's funny when you talk about this so um <laughs> and now i'm almost embarrassed to say this but because i watch horror movies every day all day long it's my favorite thing and the one movie that scared me to death was the Blair Witch Project because and and I you don't like the woods number one. Oh my god, I hate the woods. And so my sister saw it first. She lives in Boston. It opened there before it opened um, nationwide. And she called us. She was like, "Have you seen it? It's like it was made to scare you, Hope." <laughs> so we were so excited to see it. And it's and it's true. First of all, it's everything that I assume is really going to happen when you go into the woods. It doesn't matter. Follow the stars. Use a compass. Have a map. You're never going to get past this goddamn log. It's the same <laughs> log. And then you know the twig dolls. I mean. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I know that a lot of people Plus, look at it now as sort of passe, but I'm telling you, no movie terrified me like that one did. It's, it's like it played on every primal fear I personally have. Plus, can you imagine being lost in the woods with someone as annoying as Heather? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. I know she took most of the most of the uh, screen time, but she was she was a little annoying. She was a little annoying. And you know what, though? I think it's interesting to say, because you pointed this out to me not too long ago. Josh, the first to lose his tongue and life, yeah. he's actually gone on to a pretty healthy career. He he's has. done a lot of work. The other two kind of disappeared, they, but not. And I think probably because he doesn't really look like Josh anymore. You may not, not realize it, but it's, I'm 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 relieved to see that at least one of those three guys, those three people, went on to have you know decent careers. Yeah, yeah because as I said, it's it's hard now to even think about it, talk about it, watch it. You know, clearing your mind of all the excess baggage that has come with it. But I think from a filmmaking standpoint, it's effective. It's well done. Certainly groundbreaking. Groundbreaking, ingenious, especially for the budget at the time that yep. they used. And, yeah, there are parts of it, I think, that really work. You, you mentioned Josh losing his tongue. I love that sequence. Oh, yeah. No, when, it's awesome. When he loses his tongue, well, he, he disappears, 
And then they find the tongue. Well, Heather finds yeah. the tongue. She doesn't share it with Mike. And then you hear him yelling. Presumably Josh yelling. And Heather knows it can't be yeah. Josh, but yeah, Mike doesn't. doesn't. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that, yeah. yeah. And, and then, of course, the end, just yeah. standing in the corner. Oh, my God. Know? Super creepy. It was so it was so creepy. Um, yeah, it was really well done. And, you know, and the thing is, so we're going to stop. This is going to be that's, that's our capper, right? The Blair Witch Project. But there are there really are a lot of good movies in this particular vein. Um, you know, one that we're not really going to cover, but I just love is Troll Hunter. That's a <laughs> weird one. That's really well worth checking out. And then another one that I like a lot is Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Verted, which is a slasher spoof, like a documentarian goes in to follow a serial killer yeah. and they upend all of the very traditional slasher tropes. It's a clever one. It's worth checking out as well. Yeah. And, and by the way, if we missed any, uh, let us know. Uh, we keep the conversation going on Twitter. We're at Mad Wolf. That's M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. And by the way, thank you for the great comments. We did get some great feedback last week on the White Death uh, podcast, especially from Sean, who who pointed out one that you liked. Yes, uh, yeah, Sean, that was my favorite comment because he brought up a movie, a 2008 movie called The Children, which is creepy and is it's one where you're uncomfortably cold. Like you feel <laughs> personally, I am cold right now based on what's happening in this snowy, snowy death scene. So that was a, that was a great one, Sean. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, appreciate that. So if, uh, not, uh, not only on Twitter, but you can uh, leave some uh, voice feedback on the Golden Spiral Media Line. That's three zero four. Eight three seven two two seven eight, or you can use their SpeakPipe widget to record an audio contribution. You would just go to goldenspiralmedia.com/feedback and upload a pre-recorded audio file. Uh, these all come directly to us, and we love to get that kind of, of feedback. We and- do, so uh, keep it up. And before we go, we do want to say a fond farewell to uh, Leonard Nimoy, passed away a few days ago, and we were thinking about his horror movie resume, and it's really not that large, is it? No, it's it's just Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but he's great in it, and what a great movie. What a yeah. great movie. And, and yeah, Leonard Nimoy is perfect in that. Yeah, yeah, so fond farewell to uh, Leonard Nimoy. And, um, we could do a whole show on Shatner's bad horror movies, though. <laughs> and his yes, bad hair. Yes, we could. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so check out What We Do in the Shadows out this week if you can. And until next week, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. Stay frightful, my friends. <laughs> <laughs>